Hello and welcome back. This is our second part of our mid-season review, so if you haven't already, please go and tune in to the first part where we broke down the top 10 um, within the Premier League. So now we are going to move on to the second half of the table from 11th to 20th. And same, same as yesterday, boys, I just want to get your you know your honest opinions on these teams. Owen, welcome back today. Well, it's Kirk. <laughs> Very little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was asleep because I decided to stay up till four o'clock in the morning watching American football. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. We can forgive you for that one. Yeah, it was worth it for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> so, we'll start with 11th in the table then, um, Aston Villa. Um yeah. Obviously, new managers just come in now. Emery, he's really got off to a very, very flying start. Um, has won five games in charge of of Aston Villa so far. Um, so, Oren, I'll come to you first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I know, and was it the first episode, second episode of the bottom bins? You made the very bold prediction that. Unai Emery wouldn't succeed mm. at, at Aston Villa. And we had a good debate about that, about what success was for Villa. Yeah, yeah. Has your opinion wavered any since you've made that point? Uh, no, look, my, my my interpretation of the word success was to win a trophy with Aston Villa. Um, and I just don't think Aston Villa are in a position to win trophies. And I don't think they are for the next few years, unless they are financially backed. Obviously, they do have a lot of finances available to them. Uh, it's just whether they make the right signings. So no, my, my my interpretation of success hasn't changed in that regard. However, Unai Emery has done wonders for this Aston Villa team. He's made them a real force to be reckoned with. Um, look, in recent years, you could expect to go to Villa Park and get three points, no problem. Whereas now, even with Villa coming to your home ground, you're kind of weary of, of playing Aston Villa because you never know what to expect. You could hammer them or they could quite easily turn you over as well mm-hmm. um, no they're, they're, they're playing well he's getting the best out of their players um, he signed some new players he signed that young 19 year old forward um, from, from the MLS paid big money for him 25 yes. million Yes. Um, so he could come in and do a job as well obviously to replace Danny Ings who has went to West Ham and has got injured straight away um, no look Aston Villa's always going to be a good team they're, they're always going to be a steady Eddie Um I think very much at the start of the Premier League campaign under Steven Gerrard, there was a lot of questions to be asked, and rightfully so. I never thought Gerrard was a good manager, um, and this season really proved it, and I'm glad that Premier League fans got to see this. Um, obviously, I'd seen him in the Scottish League, watching Celtic with Owen for quite a bit, um, and keeping on top of Rangers' occurrences as well with that, and I never thought Gerrard was overly a good manager, even though he did achieve a league trophy with Rangers um, so it was kind of glad he was found out a wee bit because it, I think this whole stigma of being an unbelievable footballer automatically makes you a great manager yeah. I think that needs to change because it's not false. it's completely false um, but yeah Unai Emery's come in he steadied the ship because very much under, under Steven Gerrard it looked like Villa could have went down especially if they had a stuck with Steven Gerrard there was a great chance of Villa being in the, in the proper bottom half of the table um, rather than sitting middling in the table. Um, so yeah, kudos to the Villa board for making that decision. And look, Unai Emery is a world, world-class manager. He probably had a lot of offers on the table, apart from Austin Villa, but he's decided to go to them. Uh, he obviously liked their project, and look, he'll do a good job anywhere he goes. Um, so yeah, Austin Villa, I can't see them I can't see them going any further than maybe 10th, 9th, 8th, but they're definitely not going to drop all the way back down the table like they were at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's 
totally firing off forward. Um, Connor, obviously, look, that change in management, it's really mm-hmm. sort of kicked Aston Villa's season onwards. Um, they maybe haven't been as, as active in the January transfer market as a lot of their fans would have hoped, probably. Yeah. But, um, look, simple question, really. What, what, what's the expectation for Aston Villa for the rest of this season, do you think? Well, this season, I think they're only three points off sixth. So they'll probably be thinking maybe Europe could be a possibility, seventh maybe. But uh, from where they were at, they were when Emery came in, they were just above the relegation zone mm-hmm. on goal difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's won five, drawn one and lost one. So it's just incredible the change he's made. And he's just made players play better. Even like players like John McGinn, who was so poor yeah. under Stephen Gerrard, has just improved greatly. Uh, the guy Kamara... Um, and yeah, Douglas Louise like their midfield has improved so much yeah. I remember the Tottenham game they just overran I know their Tottenham only played the two in midfield but they just overran them they were just yeah. all over this, all over the shop um, Tottenham that day but still uh, but with Villa yeah the expectation will be probably next season under Emery maybe to win a trophy I know they got beaten in the FA Cup in the third round to Stevenage which was embarrassing <laughs> it's not great yeah he he probably wanted wanted a good run in the Cup because He's kind of known as a cup manager cup in a way, manager, isn't yeah. he? So I think this season it would just top 10 and then next season put a bit of money in. And Villa is a big club and the very rich owner. So you'd be thinking a trophy maybe or at least top, Europe, top eight, top yeah, six. European spots. Europa maybe. League maybe. Yeah. yeah. But with Villa, like from where they were at under Gerard, where it was just a disaster. Again, I didn't think he was a great manager either. Apparently even at Rangers, he wasn't even the brains behind the operation. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. You're seeing that with... Your boy came into our Rangers there and he's been good and he was a QPR. Yeah. So yeah, Gerard was a disaster and it was a it was a, it was a good it was a good decision to sack him. I think it was an easy decision in the end because they were going nowhere. Yeah. 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 No. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm I'm glad you you talked about players like uh, Camera there. Um, obviously, I probably was Owen one of Europe's most wanted prospects. Um, Camera. Um, mm. it's it's Bubikar is his first name, isn't it? Yeah. Bubikar Camera. Bubikar Camera. Yeah. yeah. He. Um, Obviously, one of those hot prospects in Europe that everybody wanted, and it was sort of a massive coup whenever Villa signed him, and mm-hmm. um, didn't perform at the start under Gerrard, but very much looks a different player now. Is that just automatically the differences you can see in the quality of manager? Yeah, look at and the boys mentioned that I always thought Gerrard was a poor manager. He won one league title in Scotland, so he won one trophy out of a possible nine attempts. He won it in the worst. Uh, season Celtic's had it probably in my lifetime where everything collapsed at Celtic yeah. they lost the two cups to St Johnston uh, so th- that was all he did in Scotland win one trophy out of a possible nine then he got the big move to Villa because of his name really mm-hmm. and he kind of jumped a sinking ship from Rangers because we've seen what happened with Rangers in the league I know they got the Europe League final last year but he jumped a sinking ship and Rangers fell apart in the league last year and are still well off the pace this year yeah but um, look at Emery, as we know, is a fantastic manager. He's been at big clubs. Like he's managed PSG, he's managed Arsenal. He's won the more Europa League titles than any man. Yeah. Like he has a great, fantastic manager set up to run and run a cup. I know they got beat by Stevens this year, but he's only been in the door two months. You've seen the turnaround Villa have had since came in. This first day in the door, he beat Manchester United. Um, he's only lost one Premier League game since did you hear bring that one up yeah. <laughs> he's only lost one Premier League game since he's come in in charge of Villa mm-hmm. he's completely steadied the ship as Villa said as Connor said they're only three points off six I don't think they will be competing for European football come the end of the year <coughs> but they will be from now on they're just going to have a steady year where 
they kind of bounce between the kind of the twelfth to eighth zone where they're not pulling up any trees, but they're not they're no no trouble. They can afford to think next year. As you know, Villa is a big club and mm-hmm. they still have pull and they'll want to be like um looking at maybe like the, the Newcastle type model where they invest in younger players to improve their squad, proven mm-hmm. players and build a squad for for the future rather than building a squad for this year. Yeah. So next year, following years under Emery, Villa Villa will be challenging for those European spots and they will be the type of team who will go on a League Cup run or an FA Cup run. And uh, I think the future is quite bright, bright for Villa. They had a rough start to the season, but ever since Emery's come in, um, it's been it's been hot, plain sailing really for them. So I think it's kind of need to look more to next year for any as or defined success. But I think there is the possibility of success there in the future. No, completely agreed. Completely agreed. I, 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 the Newcastle model is a model I think Villa should also try and implement. Um, and with a manager that is the quality of Unai Emery alongside the the mass finance that they do have. Mm-hmm. The future does look very bright, bright for Aston Villa and it wouldn't surprise me if they are the next Newcastle-type football club and we, we do see them in regular European competition from from next season onwards. Now, I know that's easier said than done mm. and obviously it takes a lot of pieces to be put in the right place for that to happen, but like honestly, I, I really do rate Emery that highly. I think there is no reason why Emery couldn't take uh, Villa to the Europa League every year and possibly, possibly push a Champions League place. I don't see why not, to be honest. Especially with the quality in the Premier League now at the minute. Exactly. It's definitely not out of the realms of possibility. And teams are just consistently getting stronger. Yeah, like yeah. It's like we were saying there yesterday, you know, like you go from Brighton, Fulham, Brentford, Liverpool, Chelsea, Villa. See, any of those sides there can beat each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any of those sides there could beat some of the boys that are above them as well. Yeah. Like, you, you know... It's not without the realms of possibility. Aside from Liverpool and Chelsea, obviously, of course, they couldn't be a fucking snow off a rope. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's the belief as well. Ted Lasso would love that one. It's all about the belief. Like They all think they can genuinely beat any team in the league. And there's yeah. uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't. Exactly. But like, the, new, the way Newcastle, Brighton and Fulham are going this year, that gives those teams belief that they're like, sure, we're, we're as good a club as Brighton. We have as good players. We have bigger finances. Why aren't we... Up that end up, of the table, the yeah. So that's what's given these teams inspiration and belief to go forward because the Premier League is getting more and more competitive. Look, for years I said, "Oh, the Premier League's best league in the in the world." It kind of looked to be sliding the last couple of years yeah. when it was like, "All right, who between City and Liverpool is going to win the title this mm-hmm. year?" But now this season has shown that competitiveness is back in the Premier League. Yeah, like look at you kind of looking maybe now with United faltering a wee bit the last two games. It's a two horse race. But three weeks ago, we were talking about a three-horse race for a title race. Yeah. So, like, that just shows how competitive the Premier League is. And teams like Villa and those are going to have massive says in title races. Yeah. And themselves are going to be competing for European football. Exactly. exactly. Completely agreed. Well, moving it on into 12th, 12th place anyway, we have Patrick Vieira as Crystal Palace. Um, been a bit of a middling season for Palace, really. You know, they started so well, they died off then they really really died off but now they've started picking up results again and they look a little bit better but I'm just going to come out and say it I I know a lot of people give Vera credit for the job that he's done at Palace and look by no means am I discrediting that but I don't think it's going as swimmingly as what they would have hoped no. to be completely honest yeah. and it's not. it wouldn't shock me if he sees the door at some stage in the near future Um like take it this season. So so they've played twenty games. 
Six wins, six draws, eight defeats. They're sitting on a negative nine goal difference. At this point last season, um, in, in the same table, they were sitting on a minus two goal difference. So they're shipping more goals already this year. To me, it's just looking like a bit of a downward trend at the minute. Or in what, what what's your take on Palace then? Palace are just one of them teams. I don't think Vieira is doing an overly good job. I don't think he's doing a bad job by any means. But I don't see Crystal Palace getting any higher in the table or any lower. I don't think Palace are one of them teams that's going to be fighting relegation every year. They always seem to start off either really well or really bad. But they always bring it back towards the end of the season. And they always do end up in the middle of the table. Um, so I don't think necessarily that even if they did get rid of Patrick Vieira, I wouldn't be getting rid of Patrick Vieira personally because I don't think anybody's going to come in and push them further up the table than Patrick Vieira has yeah. done. Um, but it's hard to talk about Palace because Palace, they're liable to go out and get a good result like they did against United the other day. Um, they're liable to go and beat Manchester City. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're liable to get a result like that, but they're also liable to get beat by not Southampton the or, or not yeah. the Forest yeah. or someone like that there someone at the bottom of the table like they're fully it, it, it's hard to tell yeah. with Crystal Palace but they are always one of them teams who's going to be middle of the table especially in recent years anyway they're not going to be fighting relegation every year so yeah Palace is just it's just one of them teams that you expect to be in the middle of the table I would say if we all done a prediction at the start of the year if we had the podcast from the very first uh, game week of the Premier League I would say the majority of us if not all of us would have Palace in and around 11th 12th 13th yeah, rather yeah. than in the relegation zone yeah. in the relegation so see that's the thing Or and I just I just can't work out if he is a good manager or not mm. like I'm I, I genuinely don't know if he is and look maybe I just haven't watched enough of Crystal Palace but I feel like I've seen enough of them to be to make some sort of informed decision but I just can't work out if he's a good manager or not because at times Palace play beautiful football then there's other times where they're the complete opposite of that and they're dogged and they're rugged. And I don't know if that's him trying to implement some sort of style of football or whether that's just the players doing their own thing. I, I don't know. Well, teams go through that. Every team's going to go through a rugged uh, run of form and stuff as well. But what I do see from Palace's, from Palace under Vieira, they seem to be a much more disciplined team now than they were. He seems to have instill some sort of mentality in them that can bring out a bit of fire in them and a bit of dog in them if so to speak like even against United the other day uh, or the other week sorry after the second half Palace looked like they should have beat United they were the better team 100% and at the end if it wasn't for the heroics of Aaron Wambasaka someone who played for Crystal Palace and knew Wilfred Zaha so well it could have been a different result for Man United and it could have been a different we could have been talking about a very different period under uh, Eric and Hag because results might have dipped after that there. You yeah. never know. Um, look, Patrick Vieira, he's managed he managed in France and he's managed in America before coming to the Premier League. Um, so he has got a wee bit of experience. This is his first real top flight, top club experience and it's in the biggest league in the world. And I think so far he's doing a good job. Yeah, no, look, that's that's totally fair enough, lad. Um, again, I was just sort of looking at it more from a tactical mm. viewpoint, if you know what I mean, and I, I just wasn't sure what type of a team Crystal mm. Palace were. I didn't really know how to describe them. Um, Connor, look, Palace do have some phenomenal players, and, and that's exactly what they are. They have some of the brightest talents in, in, in English football. Um, Eze 
obviously real real standout performer Mark Guehi um, at the back, back yeah. filter in as well star player Wilfred Zaha who has been a Premier League mainstay for a long time mm-hmm. now yeah. and then filter in the young French talent Michael, Michael Olise and, and, and it, some some excellent acquisitions in the summer Ducouré in centre midfield has been fantastic um, Joaquin Anderson um, at the back alongside Guehi. I know Mitchell has been a wee bit off the boil this year but you would still say Mitchell is such an exciting young prospect in mm-hmm. there so Palace do have a lot to look forward to and in, in, over the next few years don't they? Yeah I just I would agree with you as, as well about Palace I just think they're a bit of a boring team to be honest they don't score many goals they don't really ship many goals they're, they have got exciting players of course Saha has like 33% of their goals and he is still a top player but mm. I just find them even against United, I, th- I thought they were very compact, organised, but I, I remember a stat there was like, I think the first three games that came back, they didn't even have a shot on target. Mm. So it's just like, maybe Vieira's just like, a, I do think he has brought that discipline, there's no doubt about that, yeah. because you rarely see them get anybody sent off, and very little mistakes, and I think Anderson at the back has been superb this season, he has been a great player, and I thought a big team might have went in for him, because he's so mm. good on the ball as well, oh, exactly. even coming out of defence. Um they got players like uh, Will Hughes and players like that who are hard workers as well. Obviously, they got top talent, young talent, but they have got better results. Obviously, they drew in Newcastle as well, which is a great result. Their goalkeeper's been very good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just find Palace very boring to be honest. But I haven't really seen them that much this <coughs> season either. They don't score many goals, but they're going to be they're going to stay they're going to stay in the Premier League and they're going to come twelfth, thirteenth. But will Palace look to? Vieira and think maybe we want better football or a more attacking manager especially mm-hmm. that young talent because some of them players might think I'm not getting the chances I deserve I should be getting yeah, yeah if I was playing for a better team um, a more expansive team so let's we'll have to wait and see but for Palace it's just been an okay season and with Palace it just seems to be every season even under Roy mm-hmm. Hudson, um just seems to be that's, that's our limit really but would you teams. say that's recruitment based like obviously you look at their forwards mm-hmm. the likes of Jordan Ayew and Alton Edward really struggling for and goals. Matata yeah. like they're not Ayew's one they're not goal world beaters one goal this season yeah. which is not good enough they're not world beaters Edward so has, they would need Edward has two goals two goals so they would need a striker yeah, in. and then the team runs through Zaha and the problem is he's away in the summer so and what are they going to do what are they going to do when he goes because he has six goals this season and two assists mm-hmm. and they only have 18 goals mm-hmm. so he's almost that's what's difficult about this season he's involved in because last yeah. season they had Conor Gallagher to take that burden yeah. off Zaha, and he played phenomenal for Palace last season. Ah, well, for, he played phenomenal for six months. Well, he's been a shadow of himself since going to Chelsea. No matter what, yeah. it was so vital for Palace last season. Mm-hmm. So, do you think recruitment based is going to be hard for Villarreal? It's going to be hard. They're obviously like uh, they're London, obviously, so it's mm-hmm. easier in that way to recruit players. They've recruited really well, young players, but. Will Palace become a selling side is the question because when they lose Zaha, I think they're in big trouble next season yeah. because he is basically keeping them afloat. afloat. Mm-hmm. And he has for years. He really has. He's been their best player and but he deserves a bigger move. I know he's a bit older now, but there'll be teams looking at him in the summer. The thing about Palace is like they're renowned, like they're world renowned for their support. Sandhurst yeah. Park is one of the loudest grounds <laughs> that you'll probably ever ever come across. Mm-hmm. They they obviously have that that section of the the stadium that's safe standing, and they sing for ninety minutes like, and it's bouncing. Like you you play Crystal Palace and you like you hear it on the TV. Like it's like an Argentinian atmosphere or like a Brazilian atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. that's like South American football. 
it's just a pity the football on the pitch doesn't reflect the atmosphere so t- within the stadium. You're right, though they're so tough to beat at Palace. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen it even against United, it looked like we've got the three points there and they just got to go last second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Newcastle drop points. Obviously City so- somehow struggle with them every year. So that aspect of it, that is keeping them in the league as well, that support yeah. big time. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Owen, realistically, what's the, what's the best that Crystal Palace can achieve? The best Crystal Palace can achieve is where they are at the minute, really. Yeah. Like they are definition of mid tier Premier League team. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Every year it's the same story with Palace. You're like, oh my god, they beat City. Oh, they beat Arsenal. They lost to Plymouth Argyle or something, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. they're just so mid. Like I was looking at the results there. See since the World Cup, they've won once. Like the in fairness they have had tough enough fixtures, like they've played United and Chelsea and Newcastle and Fulham's teams that are in form, but yeah. still it's like one win in about eight games isn't isn't exactly yeah. what you're looking for and VR might be under a wee bit of pressure in that regard. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't see when it comes to like if they got rid of VR, I don't really see the point in it because nobody's gonna come in and do any better if that Palace side really. They do have good some good players, the likes of Eze and Olise and the likes, but as just alluded to there, they really are struggling up front. Mm. Like, but they do rely massively on Zaha. Is that a wee bit of maybe Zaha's ego in the change rooms? Because we know how much Zaha wants to be away from that club. Nearly every single summer you hear stories of... Do you think they'd be better without Zaha, though? Could you see it that maybe freeing up? I, th- I could you see know. that a wee bit, that they don't have to go everything through Zaha. Yeah. They can get other players the likes of Matata and Edward more involved in the play. Look, I've seen a lot of Edward when he was at Celtic and that's what he was really good at. Was mm-hmm. he, he wasn't the type of striker who wanted necessarily to get in the box and wanted crossing. He wanted to be involved in the play. He wanted to take men on. He wanted to lay it off, quite pick one-twos around the box. Mm-hmm. But he needed to get that sense that Palace, you lay it off to Zaha, Zaha's going to have to take his man on. If you want to get the ball back, you want to have to wait for Zaha to try and beat the full back. Yeah. Look, you, like it's been so well documented over the years how much Wilfred Zaha every single year is like oh I'm going to Arsenal oh I'm going somewhere I'm going here I'm going there Yeah, but it obviously hasn't materialised for whatever reason obviously Palace asking crazy money for him <laughs> and like look at what is Zaha's he's 30 now 31, he's 30, yeah. 31 now like he's probably not going to get that big move now No, he's he probably will be away in the summer he probably will run the contract down and yeah. just get out blow dodge really but I think he's missed his window of opportunity and that probably frustrates him a lot and that for Palace as yeah. well. But look at Palace, as he said, they're not they're they'll be safe. They're not gonna pull up any trees. They've been in the Premier League now, what, like seventy eight years or whatever. Yeah, a long time. Like every year it's the same sort of scenario. Either get off to a really good start, finish well, avoid relegation. They're never in the big relegation scrap. You're mm-hmm. never looking at the table <clears throat> come March or April and go, just Palace is in trouble. They're always just Midland, like yeah. No, I do, I do, but I do think if Zaha is not there this season, they would be in the bottom three because he is involved in fifty percent of their goals. Go- I know your theory, like maybe too big in the club, big ego, but I think he's vital and I think he's their best player, and he steps up for them in big moments. So I do think if they lose him, unless they, it, I think they're going to find it hard to get players in that are like it could take two or three players to get that right, kind of goal sort of contribution, contribution back yeah. I think it's easy said oh, to lose him it could be okay I think it, it could spell trouble mm. especially if the young players don't step up next season yeah no fair enough yeah. fair enough on to 13th then lads <clears throat> um, a team that we have uh, well, 
to be quite honest, we, we give quite a bit of stick to on a few episodes, but we're on a good good run of wins. Um, looking like a looking like a Premier League side, I think, is is the way you can describe it. Because those first sort of few weeks, it, they did look like a side that was just up from the Championship, didn't they, Oren? And they were still trying to sort of figure out, oh, right, this is what the Premier League is. There is a big jumping gap here. But now, those those transfers are all starting to gel. I'll talk about one player in particular, and I, I know you're probably itching to get speaking about mm. him because we watched him the other night against Man United, and, and he was absolutely excellent. But he has been excellent from his start of playing games for Forest and revolutionised the way that they want to play football. Gustavo Scarpa, really, really top talent, isn't he? This is one transfer that looks like it's not going to miss. Yeah, he, he was phenomenal against Manchester United. Um, Whenever I first seen him come onto the team sheet, I was like, Jesus, he sounds like a disease. Get all them leprosy. But, uh, yeah, no, he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and you, as soon as I seen that curly hair and headband... Ah, uh, you knew you were in trouble When you see that on a footballer, that's a man with confidence. Yeah. and uh, That's a pro clubs player. That's a yeah. pro clubs player. Um, yeah, no, he was absolutely phenomenal. He ran the midfield. Uh, as soon as the... The team sheet came out. Um, me and me and you were speaking, Connor, and I. I th- I'm pretty sure I said Danilo and Scarborough are gonna overrun United's midfield, which is mad considering the midfield that we had out against Forest. Yeah. Um, but it just had an inkling feeling. Look, Danilo didn't play his best game. He didn't play badly, but he didn't play his best game. But even though Forest lost three nil, Scarborough was. Unbelievable. He was argu- It's weird because he it, like there were be three 0 but he was arguably the best player on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. he was phenomenal. Was you know, Wait, which, his long passing, his crossing, even his shot from his outside shot the good. outside yeah. the box yeah. on the volley from the corner. Uh, everything he just touched seemed he he didn't miss hit a ball, which is crazy. Like I know that seems so easy, like not to do when you're a professional footballer, but he didn't miss hit one ball. Like he, he just played phenomenally. Um, look, they're thirteenth on the table, and they have signed a couple of players now in this window. I would still be very wary of Nottingham Forest, to tell you the truth. I don't think they're going to go down personally, but I'm not putting that out of the realms of possibility. Um, I'm glad the transfers are starting to gel. Um, obviously Gibbs White looking like an absolute demon. In Baller, midfield, yeah. to tell you the truth. Even young Brennan Johnson is beginning to look like a Premier League player. Finally, yeah. Yeah. Even against well. United, he was dangerous. He's beginning the it's finally. Just his finishing, it's just his finishing, yeah. if yeah. he could finish. Exactly. Yeah. Different. His decision-making in the final third wasn't yeah. 100% either. Like There was a, a time where Scarpa was running in yeah, at the back post, remember, yeah. Yeah. and Brennan Johnson should have played Squared the ball up. across, yeah. and yeah. it would have been a goal back for Forrest. Um, but he, he took the shot on himself. And look, that's just experience as well. He's, mm-hmm. a, young, he's a young kid, and he's probably... He seen his dad in the crowd, and he was probably looking to get a goal That's in front right. of his dad. Um, <laughs> Not it was New Year's though. I know. <laughs> Apparently, he's a forest legend, but yeah. I had the clue who he was. Um, look, they're not they're not completely safe yet. I, I think it would be too early to say that yet, just because there is half a season to go. But they're definitely becoming that Premier League side that we knew they would become. Um, it was obviously going to be tough when they signed literally two full 11s mm. and then some of, of players. Um, but they're starting to jail. Uh, Steve Cooper's obviously a great manager. Um, they wouldn't have signed him on an, an extra five-year deal 
earlier on in 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 the season if they didn't yeah. trust him, especially at the time when the yeah, he was under serious when pressure. Were, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was serious pressure! It looked like he was going to be sacked probably, and then the next mm-hmm. day it was nice that they signed a new deal, which is brilliant from the board as well. Sticking with that manager who did bring them the most success that they've had in recent times. Look, yeah. we, we we all rated it here. We, we like we all said we were glad to see something like that happen mm-hmm. because it's too easy to just pull the trigger on exactly. a manager. Yeah. And we know the Premier League now is a results business. A few results that don't go your way yeah. you get the boot yeah. Yeah. and that's that's just the reality of the Premier League these days it's high pre- very 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 high pressure working conditions mm-hmm. realistically yeah. for, for managers like. Like, absolutely and that's only harder for uh, teams and managers coming up from the championship mm-hmm. uh, especially with the quality of the Premier League this season like with the likes of Brighton and Fulham in the top 10 teams of the league like like there's no easy games no absolutely not no. I would say at the start of the season Forrest were probably looking at the likes of Fulham and uh, Brighton and Villa thinking we could realistically get three points against these teams because as we said last week when we were talking about Wolves Wolves and Nottingham Forest and teams like that there their season's not going to be defined on getting beat by Manchester City or getting beat by Arsenal or getting beat by Manchester United or whatever Um, but yeah a middle of the road club at the minute Um, hopefully they push on because they do like Nottingham Forest obviously a club with huge history one of the biggest clubs in, in English history yep um, so long may their their good form continue and I hope to see more of them in the Premier League in the coming years yeah that, 100% lad 100% Connor, look obviously as Orn mentioned there Nottingham Forest are a yeah, massive massive fixture in English football yeah. um, two European Cups managed by again arguably I don't want to say the best because I think Fergie's the best but the one, of the best. one of the greatest English manager of all time Yes, yes, that's a good way to put it. Yes, yes, managed by ultimately the the greatest English manager of all time, and and Sir Brian Clough. Look, where do they go? What's the natural progression for Forest here? Would they bite your hand off to finish thirteenth in the league? Definitely, a hundred percent. I think uh, I had them down. I thought they were gone. They just couldn't gel as a team, and they made so many signings. But Cooper deserves so much respect because, like, he's just. He's they stuck by him. I think he got the deal after a loss as well. Like so, yeah. mm-hmm. it just shows they believe in him, and they've improved in midfield, especially as you said, um, Scarpa or whatever, and uh, Danilo and Gibbs White have just transformed that midfield. Obviously, your boy Johnson up top, he's been superb as well. He's like four goals, a few assists. He could actually score more. I seen his like um, goal expectancy was higher because he makes good runs, but he just can't finish. But with Nottingham Forest, the history they have. It is good to see them back in the Premier League, and I do hope they stay in the Premier League. Even though I thought I thought they were down, to be honest, because yeah. they were struggling. They've two wins, two two lo- or two draws and a loss, I think, in their last five. So it has been a good run of form. The only thing is, they're four points above the relegation zone. Everton's got the new manager in. I still think there's a chance they could go down, but they're playing good football. And at the minute, you know, I think thirteenth will be. An unbelievable achievement. Achievement, yeah, agreed. Owen, obviously, we'll we'll cover this more in our in our transfer episode this week. But it looks like some massive deals could be done on deadline day here for Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felipe from Atletico Madrid, who's definitely going to make them stronger. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, John Joe Shelby is going to come in from Newcastle, who definitely makes them stronger. Yeah. And still, even though a slight possibility, <clears throat> still a chance that Keller Navas comes through the door <laughs> as well. Mad. Look, let's say they land the, those three players. <laughs> they're massive coups for Forrest like, oh they? massive coups like 
obviously the, the big ones jump out of the year, Kaylor Navas and Felipe, two players who played at the top level of football in Europe. But I think John Joe Shelby would be a fantastic signing for them. Mm-hmm. He's a man who's been there. He's been around these scraps at the bottom of the Premier League. Yeah. He's experienced in the Premier League. He knows how English football works. So I think that would be a great signing for a team like Forrest. Look, at we thought Forrest was dead and buried. But they've, they've come back from the dead. They're like, maybe on night we went out in Belfast. Yeah. <laughs> it was right. gonzo. He was singing free to the New York to a wall for about <laughs> half an hour. No, I'll tell you one thing. That wall appreciated the music. <laughs> You're right. It did, um, and they've just come back from the dead. And they're punching well above their weight and they're playing great football the only concern I have for Forged is their finishing when we when we are watching that League Cup semi-final like I said use the difference between these two two teams is United when they get the chance to put the ball in the net and Forged couldn't do it mm-hmm. that's what concerns me a wee bit is is the goal scoring aspect look at Johnson is getting in the right positions and it will come but when you're at the relegation in a relegation scrap, you need it to come, you need to come now, down, now, yeah. and need to start firing. But I do think Forrest, the, the players they have, the players they might bring in, the the football they're playing at the minute, I do think they have enough to stay up, and they're in great form. The only team who seems to have a kryptonite on them is United at the minute. Yeah. They always seem to beat them three 0 <laughs> They've played six games, whatever it is, since the World Cup break, and United's beat them twice three 0 Um, but. No, I, I really like what's going on Forced. I think at the start of the year, they made so many transfers that it was always going to start poorly. And maybe some people, us included, pulled the trigger on them a wee bit earlier and mm-hmm. wrote them off a wee bit early. But ever since these players seem to be gelling, it seems to be going fantastic for them at the minute. They're picking up results. They're a poor enough draw with Bournemouth, a game they probably should have won. But then they're also drawn with teams like Chelsea. They're beating teams that they probably shouldn't be beating. So I think it's looking bright for Forced. They're not out of the woods yet. They're far from out of the woods yet. Mm-hmm. But they can see a path out of the woods. And if they keep up this form, they probably will finish a quite comfortable 14th, 15th area of the table. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair enough. Again, it's, I, I really like being <clears> able to speak about like a club like Forest. You know, it's nice to sort of have one of those big fixtures back in the Premier League. And it's nice to be able to, to talk about a club like Forest and talk about them in, in, in a positive light. So, you know, look, I, I agree with you. We're not long may I continue. And, I hope to see Nottingham Forest in the Premier League for, for m- many, many years to come. Moving on to 14th then. Um, Owen, we have your old boss. <laughs> Looks like he might get the sack. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, Leicester. Owen, disastrous this year, hasn't it? Like, really. No no, no real spending in the summer. No real spending in January because they can't. They're, they're sort of locked behind FFP. Um for a side who had pushed Champions League places, pushed European spots, have played in European competition over the last few years, and, and just generally been one of the more exciting teams in the Premier League, uh, are you sad to see this day come for Leicester, or was it always sort of inevitable to happen? I think it was inevitable to happen. I, I see a lot of similarities in what's happening at Liverpool and what's happening at Leicester now. Uh, this Leicester team hasn't changed much since they won the Premier League, but more importantly since they won the FA Cup. They won the FA Cup two years ago. Yeah. Like, and there isn't a huge pile of difference in the entire squad of that Leicester squad in comparison to now. And it's very much like Liverpool, where they just haven't reinvested wisely and in youth prospects to help them progress for years to come. Like, you're, you're still stuck with the likes of Jamie Vardy. Don't get me wrong, Jamie Vardy is one of the best goal scorers the Premier League's seen in recent times, but he's long in the tooth now. Like, he's not even getting a game. No. But he's still there probably on high wages 
because he, he signed a big deal after his move to Arsenal collapsed, after they won the Premier League. Um, no, look, it, it, this was due to happen for Leicester. Anybody could have seen this happening. When you don't reinvest in the squad wisely, it's obviously going to happen. Um, and as I said, yeah, we're seeing it with Liverpool in their midfield transitions. We're seeing it now with Leicester. Um, Leicester would be... Look, they can't sack Brendan Rodgers because they don't have the finances to do so. Um, but they're, they're going to take this season, no matter what. It doesn't look like they're going to get relegated. They have enough to not get relegated. So they shouldn't get relegated. They shouldn't even be in a scrap for relegation. Um... But it'll be interesting this next these next few weeks, especially like with Harvey Barnes. He's, he's scored a couple of goals now in recent times, so he might kick on a bit now. James Madison's going to be crucial for them. I think he could even push Leicester a wee bit more up the table because he's going to be looking for that big summer move. I think it's inevitable that James Madison leaves Leicester in the summer. Uh, it looks like Newcastle, and uh, if it is Newcastle, well, no matter what, it's going to be a, a huge fee that Leicester's going to demand. Um, and I would say James Madison's going to try and get as many suitors as possible so he has his options open. Because um, there's no reason why Madison couldn't even play for the likes of City or the likes of even across the water, someone like Bayern Munich or someone like that there. He's that good. Um, so you never know. Uh, he could push Leicester on a wee bit with his performances, but otherwise they're middle of the roadside. Mm. No, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Connor, mm. Leicester currently sitting on, um, on 18 points. It's yeah, doesn't really make for for good reading, like does it? Um, they have a minus seven goal difference. You know, they're, they're they've only five wins this entire season, which, like, just again, like Orn said, you know, the the one they FA Cup two years ago, they qualified for Europe two years ago. They qualified for Europe last year. Came back to back years, fifth. I think. Uh, back yeah. to back, back to back. Threw fifth. away Champions League football. Yeah, they should have been two years a few times. Yeah. Exactly. So. Look, what's what's the situation at Leicester? Is it is it an ownership fault? Is it fault on the manager, or who who really takes the blame for a situation like this? I do think Rogers is getting a bit of a bad deal at the minute, to be honest, because he hasn't got the money to recruit. He said, "I need players that are quick and have skill, basically," because he doesn't really have that. He has players like you know Ianacho, like Albrighton still in the squad. Vardy, it's just not good enough. Uh, they still. At the back as well. I think they're really missing Johnny Evans. I think he his leadership especially is getting a bit older. I've seen they're actually in for the guys played for Australia in the World Cup. By from uh, Stoke. Suter, oh, is it? Yes. Uh, 15 million. So that could be a huge signing for them. Yeah. Um, but with Leicester, I, they've won. They've lost four of their last five. They've drawn one. They're only a point outside the relegation zone. It is, it is not looking good for them. Madison is going to be key because before... The World Cup, he had like seven goals, four assists in 14 games. And he was superb. And I think I agree with Orn. He could play for any big side in Europe, really, to be honest. And he will be away in the summer. Yeah. So they really need to stay up because if they get relegated, he could go for nothing, really, Yeah. to be honest. But with Leicester, it's going to take recruitment. I think if they could stay up this season and then with Rodgers next year, give him, give him a bit of money. Obviously, they can't sack him anyway because of the financial problems at the minute. But... Barnes has been okay, seven goals, but I think we were talking about it the other week as well. Like players like Daka, Ian Acho just haven't. They're just, just not just good haven't enough, aren't they? Not? No. You know, they're not just good enough. And Vardy has been a superb player for Leicester. Legend, Premier League winner. But his time is up. And players like him and Albright and stuff like that are just not going to get it done. And at the back, um, they definitely need a centre-back, and that's what they're trying. 
to yeah. do. So I do think Leicester will stay up. And I do think it's down to the owners, to be honest, not giving them the funds. Like, they, were, they were an FA Cup one inside two years ago. And now for them to be in this position, they were nearly in the Champions League twice yeah. in a row. They really should have been in the Champions League. So I think that they do need to give Rodgers more time. I think he's a bit of a scapegoat, to be honest. It's easy just to blame the manager, but we'll see what Owen has to say about that. But um, I think I think if Leicester can stay up, it'll be a big achievement, it'll be a big achievement for them. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Owen, I don't even know what question to ask you. I just, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to word this, but do you know what? I'll just let you talk. I'll, I'll let you talk. Just tell me about Leicester in, in your own opinion. In my opinion, I think my bold prediction is Leicester's going to get relegated. Oh, really? I honestly do think they will get relegated. Look, at Leicester were the worst team in the league at the start of the Premier League. The first 10 games, I think they won like two of them or something stupid like that. Yeah. They got a wee bit of upturn form just for the World Cup, which might save them those points they picked up just for the World Cup. Because since the World Cup, they've been horrific. They've been horrible. The only point they picked up is a draw against Brighton. Good enough result, fair play. You were 2-1 up over a minute to go. Yeah. Like, you threw that. You threw three crucial points away. Mm-hmm. They're not recruiting. The team is stale. All Brighton, Ian Nacho, these aren't players that are going to score goals in the Premier League on a consistent enough basis to keep you up in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Look at as much as I dislike him, I know Brendan Rodgers is a great manager and I do think he's been given a pretty raw deal with Leicester in terms of no money being given to him at all. Like They've made no signings. They make look nothing like they're going to make signings. This just has the the hallmarks of a team in big trouble. Yeah. Look, at they do have the ability to go on a run that could save them but just the way they've been going this season, I don't, I don't see them doing that. I don't see where the form's going to uptick because it's just been a downward spiral the entire time like if it wasn't for those two or three games for the World Cup where they did improve they would be sitting in the relegation zone and like for a team that was a kick of the ball away from Champions League football over the last two years they should have been in Champions League football they threw mm-hmm. it away twice mm-hmm. like the United came beat them was it 3-1 or 3-0 or something in the King Power yeah. like that was a game Leicester they needed a point to get Jaylings Jaylings like and that's that wasn't a great United side even no, used to admit. No. Like Leicester had to be getting in the Champions League that season and they threw it away. And I think that's kind of taken a toll on them. As you said, the squad hasn't been refreshed. It's the same squad that was at the FA Cup. They don't have really any young stalwarts. Any time they do get a young, decent player, they're shipped off. Mm. Like and even and then sometimes you just fall out of form, like Sound Shoe. What's happened to him? Yeah, he's been tired. Like, he's away in the summer. He's like, away to yeah, but like, Atletico, I think. Atletico, I think. But like yeah. a couple of years ago, they're t- like he was the best centre back in the Premier League. There's huge fees being taunted about him that United were and Arsenal and City and all were going to go in for this lad, and then nothing materialised, and he's just fallen off the bus completely. Mm. Like I think Leicester in big, big trouble. And I like Leicester as a club, but it would bring a small smile to my face to see Brent Rodgers get relegated. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's again very just a strange situation there over at Leicester. They're, they've been struggling all season and can't really seem to put a consistent run of form together. Look, obviously, it's always hard when you've got boys on uh, with six months left on their contract and these are your star players and 
they don't really look like they want to be there and you know you're sort of being forced to play them because you still need that quality to get you through games so I do I, I, I do feel sorry for Brendan Rodgers to be honest I think it's a really really poor situation he finds himself in and I think if I was Brendan Rodgers and you know it's, I think out of loyalty to the club he'll stay and he'll try his best to keep them up because he loves that club and, and he loves the fans and he's done such a wonderful job there but if I was Brendan Rodgers I'd maybe be looking to find some sort of mutual agreement to end my contract and saving face really because I agree with you Owen like I it wouldn't shock me if Leicester was relegated well, like Rodgers will jump ship if he's got the chance doesn't matter how much he loves the club <laughs> I'm telling you like, you know, <laughs> if he gets a chance if he gets a chance he will jump ship guaranteed sounds that. like that it, comes from experience oh it does come from experience no matter how crucial the next game or anything come up if he gets an opportunity somewhere else he will jump ship mm. it's true to be fair when he was linked to United he was, he was thinking about it as well mm-hmm. like. Well, I, look, the only thing is the stock is probably a wee bit damaged now after yeah. this season. You yeah. know, Maybe people are going to look at him a wee bit less. But Anyway, moving on then to... Um, we all hate Leeds come in 15th. Uh, again, just not great, really. Uh, Jesse Marsh, not... I, I don't really know what to say about Leeds, to be honest. I feel like everything we have just attributed to Leicester, you could probably just attribute to Leeds as well because they're not playing good football. They don't really have that many good players. They've signed a couple of people in the summer here, but is it really going to change their fortunes all that much? I don't know. To me, personally, it's a managerial issue. I think Jesse Marsh is a terrible manager. Terrible manager. I think it's a massive downgrade to go from Bielsa to Jesse Marsh. And... Again, Leeds are one of those clubs that if they stay up, they're going to stay up by the skin of their teeth. And if they don't, they probably deservedly go down. What do you think, Or? I agree with the Bielsa and Jesse Marsh statement to a degree. Obviously, Marcelo Bielsa is, is a world-renowned football manager and he was fantastic. But his style of football did not suit Leeds United in the Premier League. It suited them in the Championship, didn't suit them in the Premier League. And I think Jesse Marsh's style of football is, is more suited to... The players that Leeds have. If it was a high pressing team with loads and loads of boys who could run for 90 minutes and there were quality on the back and quality up front, Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds would have succeeded in the Premier League. Um, but look, they have got a good a, a couple of good players. I think that young fella Nanto is going to be fantastic in years to come and all as well. Look, him, Somerville, they are definitely decent talents. Yeah, young talent. And then they've obviously still got the poll um, with signing Weston McKinney now um, in January another player who, who's going to fit into Jesse Marsh's system obviously he knows him from the United States and stuff like that as well um, look as I've said there's not much more that can be said about Leeds that we haven't said about another club so far here um, a lot of these clubs are in relegation battles um, because there is only a couple of points between like they might be sitting in 15th but there is only a couple of points between them and the 17th spot um, so it is going to be. It's going at one point or one is it? One point. Yeah. So it is going to be tough for all these teams in the next few months. Few months. Yeah. To, to see who does stay in the Premier League, and it's just going to come down to who wants it more. But well, I think, well, do you know what, Orin? I'll keep it simple. I'll keep it simple. Do they do they stay up? In your opinion? Yeah. They do stay up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Connor, do they stay up? Yeah, I think they'll stay up. I think Bamford's going to be. Huge addition. He'll be like a new signings for them. So you think he's yeah. back from injury. So I think he'll be huge. Rodrigo's if he can stiff it too, he's their main man. Oh. Yeah, I think they'll stay up. They have good quality footballer footballers in that club. 
you talk we touched on the policy atmosphere, the atmosphere at Allen Road's really good. The fans mm-hmm. really get behind that team, even though they're not necessarily behind Jesse March. Mm-hmm. But I do think uh, Leeds will stay up. I think they do have the resources to stay up the Premier League. Look at but the simple fact of the matter is there's three points between 14th and 20th. If any of the teams in mm-hmm. that bracket in go, that down, bracket, could go down, it, yeah. Well, see, look, do you think they're a better side than Leicester though? Yes. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I'd say player for player they are as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a tough one. Don't get me wrong, like I know Leicester have been really, really bad this season, but this is still, you know, the same squad that, like we said, won an FA Cup two years ago and no. was in, in consistent Champions League races. Like I just I don't think Leeds have that kind of experience under their belt yet. Um I don't know. I don't know. And then again, like I look at the teams below them and like I would still say West Ham's a better side than them. I still think Wolves are better. Bournemouth, Everton, Southampton, like I don't know. I would say West Ham have about two weeks to seal their fate because it's going to be in the next two weeks. I would say that David Wise will know his fate as West Ham manager. Aye, well, yeah, he'll get yeah. the chop or not. Well, look, well, and if he gets the chop, who do they bring in? Natural progression. Then we'll, we'll move to West Ham. Then in in sixteenth, look again. They're they, they, those three sides are all on the same point. Leicester leads West Ham again. There's not much more you could say. No. you know that is going to attribute it, but. What has just went wrong at West Ham this season? Why why has it been so poor? <laughs> they don't have the answers, so there's not a chance that I have the answers. Um, but this this West Ham team should be doing a lot better. Like Declan Rice, he might be playing unbelievable this season, but he is still one of the best holding midfielders in the world. Um, Lucas Paqueta, we talked about him yesterday. Obviously, he's not playing as well with without uh, Bruno Gamares, um, obviously at Newcastle. But again, a quality, quality footballer. Jared Bowen's playing a bit better now. Um, Michael Antonio, he scored there last night in the cup win against Derby County. There could be a change, a shift change uh, for West Ham in the next couple of weeks, but I do think the next two weeks will be crucial for the club. Yeah. Because if they do get rid of David Moyes, they've got rid of David Moyes halfway through the season before, and it didn't work out. But they did manage to stay up. Is that what they need to do again this season? If they think... Have they more... And I'm asking this to you, Richie. Do you think they have more of a chance of staying up under David Moyes or under a different manager? I suppose it would depend on, on who the manager is. You well, know? That's it. Who's available now? Well, like now that Deitch has gone to Everton, mm-hmm. uh, like I don't think Deitch was suited West Ham anyway, to be honest. Um, there's not many managers out there that are available. Could Frank Lampard make a, 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 a quick <laughs> no, time turn no, back into the Premier no. League to his old club? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> A big kick in the teeth for Everton, though, wouldn't it? Oh, a big <laughs> kick in the teeth. Like, imagine, imagine. No, look, I, look, I, I do rate David Moyes. To be honest, like I do think Moyes is a good manager. I, I, look, I, I can't really explain what's going on at West Ham this season either. Um, I, I'm going to put a bit of the blame on the players, though, as well. 100 percent. Definitely some very, very suspect performances this season. Um, you know, like I, I completely agree with you, Warren. I think Dakin Rice on his day is is one of the best holding midfielders in, in world football, but. This season has just been absolutely diabolical. And I think he's really hurt his chances of, of getting a move, to be honest, because he has been nothing short of ass, to be honest. Um, Piquetta, yeah, hasn't quite worked. Skamaka hasn't quite worked yet either. Danny Ings, I thought he was going to come in and score them goals, and now he's probably going to be out till April um, with this knee injury. So it's uh, it's worrying. 
to be honest, it is worrying. I, I, I sort of hope that it just clicks with Skamaka and he starts just scoring goals left, right and centre. He's injured at the minute too, though. Yeah, well, so, I mean, when he's back, like I, I, I just hope he starts scoring goals. Yeah. And like Bowen has definitely showed uh, more of the player he was last season. Thankfully, you know, he's he's back amongst the goals as well. Um, the one thing that just worries me with West Ham is a lot of their players feel like the same player. Mm. Like, Barn or Bowen's not really that different to Ben Rama. Like, they just feel like the same player. Like, um, Paqueta's not really all that different to Fornals. They kind of feel like the same player, like, at the minute they do. And Skamaka and Antonio are sort of the same player as well. So they don't really have that, that much diversity of options to, to go to. Um, but, look, I still think... I still think Moyes will turn it around and like I don't see West Ham finish on 16th. To me, West Ham finish... Do I don't want to say this. How many games have they You want to say 10th? 20th. Right, so they played 20. 18 games left. 18 games left. I think West Ham are going to finish... 9th. Ooh. That's a major turnaround, Connor. I think it's going to click. I really, really do think it's going to click. Under Moyes? Yeah. Well, they have to stick by Moyes now, I think, because, as you were saying, there's no real managers out there that you could just guarantee that they're going to stay up. And I think they will improve in the second part of the season because even we were listening to that podcast with David Moyes and he was like, he's kind of, they've brought in these like top-class players and it's just made them worse for some reason. It's just yeah. like the hard-working players that they had in before that. I think Noble's a big miss too. Like, obviously, this leadership in the squad as well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of pressure is on Declan Rice now because he is the captain he is meant to be the main player I still think he'll get a big move but he would need to start improving and uh, West Ham just need to start scoring goals they scored two against Everton which was a big win but they've only got 17 goals this season which is big drop off from last season yeah Yeah. last season they were so good especially near the end of the season they were so good but I do still think they have that kind of form in them to be honest yeah Yeah, the players like and I do. Yes. I think I think they have the talent to to pull something like that off. I do think it is just going to click at some point. The same way it's sort of clicking with Forest at the minute. I think the same has to happen yeah. with West yeah. Ham. And the thing with West Ham is there. When you look at these sides in in this bottom half of the table, West Ham on paper are so superior to so many of these sides that yeah. I just think when it clicks, it's going to click, and they are going to be hard to stop again. So yeah, it's maybe a bit bold going from sixteenth to ninth, but. I do just feel like they might sneak into that top half of the table, to be honest. Um, moving on then to 17th uh, with Wolves. Obviously, Owen, Julian Lopetegui's come in. <clears throat> he seems to have made a massive difference yeah. already in, in a short time in charge of the club. Um, they've got quite a few bodies in through the door now as well. We'll just look at Lopetegui, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll not worry too much about what happened pre-Lopetegui because that was sort of out of their control to a certain extent, but... Where do Wolves go from, from, from here on out? Comfortably safe from relegation? Yeah, I think Wolves are heading in the right direction. I talked about, I couldn't see it with last year, I can't see them going on a run. I can definitely see Wolves going on a run. Mm-hmm. I think Wolves' form is trending in the right direction. I think Lacatelli's a great manager. I think he's getting good results for them. They're playing nice football. Look, at, I know right, they got beat 3 0 by Man City and they lost to United or whatever, but. As I was alluded earlier, teams in the relegation zone, their seasons aren't defined by what happens against the top six. Ah, that's the big boys. Like, in terms of the beat, the beating, like the likes of Everton and West Ham, the teams that's around them, those are a lot bigger three points than beating, but not going to be like drawing for City or something. Yeah. Because those are six pointers. And I think, look, Wolves are great players. We know 
how technical and skillful some of these Wolves players can be. The players who uh, scored goals in the Premier League and can cause teams trouble. Like I know Adama, he's he's weird. Like you always think Adama scores loads of goals, but he doesn't score. But yeah. he always seems to score big goals, yeah. and he's still a threat to Premier League defenders. Yeah. I guarantee there's no Premier League defender, no matter if they're playing for Man City or they're playing for Bournemouth. Wants to see Adama Traore come along with 20 minutes to go. No, definitely not. Because not just the speed, but the strength. He'll just bully you. And look, I think Wolves have the quality. They made some good signings. Sarabia, is, I think, is going to be a great signing for them. Agreed. We talked about how versatile he, he is. How he can play anywhere in the nearly anywhere in the midfield and across the forward lane. Yeah. So I, th- I think Wolves will be Wolves will be all right. They got the new manager in. They've had their bounce and they're maintaining good. They're not just getting results, but they're playing good football. And that means you can sustain results. Yeah. If you're scraping one nil wins with uh, eleven men behind the ball, and you get a scrappy ninetieth minute winner where it bounces off four men and hits a person in the crowd and goes in off the crossbar, uh, that's not sustainable. Because Wills are playing good football, the results to pick up will be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I think Wills will relatively comfortably finish safe. I'm not going to say they're anything mad like they're going to finish fifth or something. <laughs> but I think Wills will probably end up about twelfth, thirteenth in that kind of. Ah, region so where that region they're yeah. they're kind of you know they've been safe for about a month before the end of the season yeah no that's fair enough fair enough uh Oren, obviously with wolves the only thing they're probably lacking at the minute is just that natural sort of number nine mm. and look they spent big money on Cunha upon watching him over these last few weeks I was really excited for this transfer I thought he was going to come in and, and set the world alight but he actually he, he doesn't really look like a natural number nine. He looks like something in between a nine and a ten. Mm. I don't know if he's going to be the one that's going to kick them on and score a lot of goals. Obviously, there is um, you know, Jimenez on the bench as well, who, who does have a proven track record of scoring goals in the Premier League, but ever since that, that horrible injury, he's not really been the same player. Mm-hmm. Kalajic, I think, is going to be back for the end of April. So you would think maybe for those last few weeks, if they are, let's just say for toxic in a in a relegation trouble or whatever, he is the type of player, natural number nine, that might come in and score a few goals. But realistically, they're targeting a summer transfer window. Where are the areas that you feel they need to strengthen the most? Well, they do need an out-and-out goal scorer. Matty's can, yeah, I don't understand why they paid £55 million or whatever it was for him. Whenever I'm pretty sure he had three goals for Atletico Madrid last year, yeah, like he's never been a big goal scorer, same as with Jay Felix. I know it's hard to be a goal scorer in Diego Simeone's side, like, but they need a night night goal scorer. Um, look, Julian Lopetegui just needs his own team. They need somebody to replace Jay Matinho. Don't get me wrong; it's still a f- fabulous footballer, but he's obviously aging. Um, but a lot of what you said about West Ham there now. I could only echo about about Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, I do see Wolves under Lapataghi potentially getting and breaking into that top ten um, and getting up there, well up the table. I don't think they have any fear of relegation, to tell you the truth. Um, like we've been talking about these teams, the likes of Leicester and, and Forest and stuff, that the next few weeks and in, in particular are going to be crucial. But I don't think the next few weeks are crucial for for Wolves. I think they can just pull out a result against anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. Molyneux is a very, very tough stadium to go to and get a result. Um, and a draw is, is a massive result for these types of teams at the minute. Do you know what I mean? As long as they're putting points on the board. Um, but look, we've talked a lot about Pablo Sarabia in our, in our transfer podcasts. I think he could be 
a really really crucial player for the second half of the season. Even Mario Lamina, um, he played well for for OGC Nice in in France, and he's look he, any time he played in the Premier League with the likes of Fulham and Southampton, he done his job. So I think he'll come into that Wolves midfield as well. I don't think they've anything to worry about, and uh, especially under Julian Lopetegui, a world class manager, they could be a team to look out for in the next few years. Yeah, definitely. Completely agreed, completely agreed. Okay, lads, I'm just going to move it on then to the, the, the relegation places here. So I'm going to come to each of you just to talk about a, a team. Connor, I'm going to come to you first with uh, 18th place Bournemouth. So Bournemouth currently sitting on 17 points, um, Everton on 19 points, and Southampton on... Uh, or sorry, Bournemouth on 17, Everton 15, Southampton on 15. Yeah. All played the same number of games. Um so talk to me through about Bournemouth. Are they definitely down or is there any sort of chance that they can squeeze out of that situation that they're in? No, I think they're definitely down. I think under Gary O'Neill, obviously he started with Parker or yeah, and he got beat nine of the Liverpool got sacked. And under um Gary O'Neill they done okay at the start. I think they were unbeaten in six games. They were playing okay. They're playing a bit more attacking. Um but I think at the back especially they're just not good enough and they've conceded 42 goals this season and I don't I don't really see that they haven't got really that many great players like Premier League proven players like Sam Billing was okay at a stage um, Kiefer Moore has been okay this season but I, do, I just don't see it with Bournemouth I think especially as we've been talking about these other sides it's crazy I think Wolves, West Ham like even Everton Leeds, like they're they have such better sides than Bournemouth mm-hmm. I know Bournemouth are making a few signings in January but you know, uh, Tavenier's probably been one of their best players this season. Um, who has been okay, but I just, even with their goal difference, it's just dreadful. So if it even comes down to that, I just can't see them winning many more games. I could be proven wrong. I think they've only scored one goal since the World Cup's come back. Yeah. So I, I just, I think they're definite relegation. Relegation team. team. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, and I'm going to do something a wee bit weird here. So obviously that was the 18th position team, but I want you to talk about Southampton in 20th because I want to come to you with Everton. Um, look, it's 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 a dire situation at Southampton at the minute. We've said it for for the, uh, quite a few weeks now. Um, the signing of young players wasn't what they needed to do. They needed a team that could compete in the Premier League right mm-hmm. now. In recent weeks, though, they have sort of picked up a wee bit, um, picked up a decent bit of form, beat Man City in the Cup. That was a massive result for them. Yeah. And, and Jones is maybe starting to stamp his own style of football on the side now, but is it too little too late at this stage realistically yeah I think so I think for Southampton the writing's on the wall really to be honest with you look at James Ward-Prowse seems to be their only avenue to go at the minute With he's a great player he's probably the best free kick taker the world's ever seen one of them anyway but if you're relying on your centre mid to get your goals you're basically playing him as your out and out striker at the minute because he's the only person who's scoring goals mm-hmm. you're in big big trouble um, I don't think they're they're not great at the back. They're not great going forward. They're not great in midfield. They're not great anywhere. They just seem to have the, the, all the <coughs> hallmarks of a squad that's gonna go down with a whimper rather than a bang. Yeah. Look at could they turn it around? I just can't see where the turnaround's gonna come from. You can like they got the big result against Everton, then they followed followed up with getting beat by Villa. Which is a game in these sort of situations they need to pick points up. Yeah. Home the villa. Um look at it was a great coup for them to beat City in the Cup and City were woeful that night. Yeah. Um <clears throat> they could have scraped the result against Newcastle. Look at they're going in there's only one goal in it. Who knows what can happen, but 
I do probably think they'll get beat by Newcastle in the second leg of the semi-final and then all of a sudden that win for City is pretty all from the hung kind of paper and over cracks yeah. I just don't see where Southampton's going to get the uptick to stay up and they're going to need a big uptick I think out of the, I actually think out of the teams in the bottom three at the minute Bournemouth for the best chance of surviving and that's just my honest opinion because I think Southampton and Everton are both in shambles Right. See, with Southampton as well, their home form is dreadful. They have six points at home. So if they could improve that, I think that's the only way they could stay Aye, up. They might stay up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're the only and the manager as well. But yeah, I'd say it was the one they're gonna go down. But fair enough. To... No, fair enough, lad. Fair enough. Owen, nineteenth <coughs> place, Everton. Mm-hmm. The reason I wanted to come to you about this, and and boys, I want you to jump in here too as well. Um, this is a massive football club. Yeah. Yeah. A team that has never been relegated from the top division. No. And for the first time, well, they had a, legi- a legitimate chance last year, but last I always year. thought they were going to stay up, to be honest. But now, for the first time, really, in my lifetime, um, there is a legitimate chance that Everton are going to go down. Sean Dyche has come in. Is it enough to rescue Everton? Is he the man that's going to get them organised? And get them enough points to get them over the line? This is tough. This is tough. I have a soft spot for Everton. Always did. Um, <laughs> it started whenever... Do you remember Sabudio? Do you remember the game Sabudio? Oh, the, oh, yeah, you yeah. flicked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was some Brazilian player. Yeah. I'd never heard of like Sabudio. Sabudio, we played with Ronaldinho. He was class. <laughs> no, um, that game was class. Yeah, whenever I used to play Sabudio with my brother, I, I didn't know what the clubs were called when I first started playing it, but they had the Chang sponsor. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I always thought, I don't know, it just kind of fixated in my head and I always had a soft spot for Everton and then some of my family support Everton and stuff as well. So we do have a soft spot for them. But this is a tough, tough situation for them. I think Sean Dyche is an absolutely phenomenal manager. I was so, so angry and so glad Burnley got relegated after this sack Sean Dyche. Yeah. Because yeah. it was disgraceful. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't no, his fault at all. Not at it was all. disgraceful the treatment they gave that fella because he'd done so much for that football when club. Burnley, Burnley, Burnley that was football nothing club. before they, Deitch came in. No. When they got relegated that time he brought them back up as well yeah. and he kept them in the Premier League exactly. and he never got a chance. I think it was like halfway through the season. It was And limited funding and everything and he yeah. kept that team in the Premier League for a few years. Like, yeah. um, So I thought it was disgraceful. So I'm glad he's back and he's back with a huge, huge club. Look, this is going to be tough. This is going to be very, very tough. Because is it enough for Sean Dyche to do what he's done in the past with these players? He hasn't a great like these aren't great players no. that Everton's got for the club of Everton stature. This is not a great eleven, and I think that's the only thing that's going to hinder Everton because Sean Dyche is a great manager, and I think he could do anything with a decent group of players that he's worked with for a while. But they made the decision so late to get rid of Frank Lampard. They should have made that decision to get rid of Lampard at the start of this January window. Uh, and give Dice yeah. a chance. Give Dice a chance. Yeah. Give, give him, him a couple him. of signings that he can he can implement into his own squad and play his style of football. Because we all know what Sean Dice is going to play. He's going to yeah. play the long ball. To four, big four, fucking two. Exactly. And <laughs> lump it. Yeah. But it worked for him. It's worked for him so many times. Yeah. But this may be a step too far. They have a very, very tough two fixtures coming up they play Arsenal now and then they play the Merseyside Derby against Liverpool but it, it won't shock me if they turn one of them over so it's a good time probably to get sacked because the new manager the, the atmosphere could be a bit better imagine what happens if he comes in and wins the Merseyside Derby lot even gets course. a draw against Arsenal or something you know? it'll just, don't get me wrong it'll bring the boom back to Everton and it would I don't think Everton's going to get relegated that's my personal opinion neither do I neither I do don't I think they're going to get relegated but I think they have 
See the four fixtures after that Liverpool and Arsenal, after the Arsenal game and then the Liverpool game. They need to pick points up. That's the make or break yeah, for Everton season. They have Leeds away, mm-hmm. they have Aston Villa, they have Forest, and they have Brentford. Like four fixtures look out there. Because then after that, they play Chelsea and Tottenham oh, and aye. City. Yeah. yeah. So they need the four fixtures there in between them, Goliaths of the Premier League, yeah. where they need to bring in the points. Even if that's. Says seven points from them four games. That's going to be massive. Seven yeah. points out so of them four games would, yeah. be would be brilliant. Huge for brilliant. them. Absolutely with, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Dice as well. Like They probably should have had them in earlier as well. I agree with that because they played a lot of teams around them. Mm-hmm. They lost yeah. like Wolves, West Ham. These yeah. are all like relegation like, fellow strugglers. Like yeah. this was. These were big games. But I think he will be huge. I think defensively they've been okay, but they've made so many errors. And with him coming in there, I think that could be a huge... Saving point. It's just going to be goals as well. Cavett Lewin needs to come back and start yeah. scoring goals because, or Mope or somebody. And I think with Sean Dyson there, with that organisation, I think they will stay in the Premier League as well. Like we're recording this in deadline day. Sean Dyson was only fully appointed yesterday. Yeah. And two days ago, they sold Anthony Gordon for 45 million. Yeah. Something, something could happen here. I've seen they were linked Let's to Connor Gallagher. Apparently linked with Connor Gallagher for 40 million, but I've seen just since we've been recording this podcast so that David Ornstein says he's staying at Chelsea. I've also seen that they've put in a loan request to get Richardson back until the end of the season. Can't see that happening. No, Spurs no, need no, the attacking reinforcements. No, Can't see happen. it happening. Happen. But it shows the ambitions there already. If he's making these sorts of ambitious attempts look they need a striker get anywhere near striker, but they, need, yeah. they need a, they a need big a goal scorer to yeah. tell you the truth they, they need a big tall striker to, to, to so work hard out. to find as well especially exactly. with so little time but you see if Wood Weckhorst had the same for Manchester United it wouldn't have surprised me in the slightest if Wood Weckhorst had the same mm. for Everton mm. oh yeah Dice got him in didn't Dice, if, yeah. if they should have got him in again um, look I don't think Everton's going to get relegated but I do think them four games could change my mind if they lose Two of their games and draw one of them. If they don't get at least seven points from them four games, they're down. Yeah, which yeah. is unfortunate. See, I think they pulled the trigger far too late in Lampard. 100%. As Connor alluded to, uh, out of the last five games, they got they got a point in one of them. And that was against City, which is a bit mad that the only game they got a point in was City. Yeah, but they've lost to Wolves, Southampton, and West Ham in the last five games. Those are massive results. Those are six pointers. If you're giving the teams around you those head starts. It just makes the job so much so harder much for Deitch. Yeah, and look at that. Just, I think Everton, kind of people are saying, oh, Everton will be okay because they're Everton. But we've seen in the past, just because you're, you have a name doesn't mean you're staying up. And Deitch has no time to make transfers. They need goals. If you're Ren on Neil Mopé, if you're waiting for him to score your goals, you're waiting a long bloody time because he's shite. Um, Calvert-Lewin, he had a good start to the season a couple of years ago. He's on the injury table more than he's on the pitch. Everton's squad is just woeful. Mm-hmm. Anthony Gordon, they're only kind of half-bright spark. He's away. It's a tinderbox at Everton at the minute, unfortunately. Um, obviously, there is a lot of this protest with the, the directors, um, with the board, and, and with the owners themselves. Or and this could end really badly, couldn't it, in all seriousness? You know... The situation's very volatile at Everton mm. at the minute. Like we're seeing players getting confronted outside mm-hmm. the stadium. There's now, of course, it all turned out to be false, but there's still a, a real threat of violence towards mm-hmm. the board mm-hmm. and towards the the owner of the football club. Yeah. It's a tinderbox that's waiting to be for for a match to set it light at the minute. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
if Everton were to be relegated, it, it's crazy because they're they're one of the biggest clubs. They're stalwart in Premier League history, and next season they're going to be moving into one of the biggest grounds in Premier League history. Mm, Maybe on, on the Championship history, the way things are going. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like Everton's fan base is huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. Like we lived in Liverpool last year. I couldn't get over it. You couldn't walk down the street without seeing an Everton shirt. No. And you were thinking it was going to be all Liverpool. All, all reds, but it yeah, wasn't. Well, it was mainly blue. But yeah. even over here, the amount of people over here who support Everton would surprise yeah. you. Like, yeah. like, you know, everybody knows somebody who supports Everton mm. more than they know somebody who's even know somebody who supports Tottenham or something. Mm. Like, Everton's a massive club. Really is, isn't it? Do you know what? It'll be an upsetting day if they do go down. It really will. Not even just for... Everton fans but for the neutral football fan it'll be a very upsetting day well I remember um, obviously Minty a good friend of ours um, and a, an avid listener of the podcast um, a massive Everton fan the biggest Everton fan I know him and his dad yeah. and I, I, do you know something a, a moment that genuinely and I'm sure he'd be happy enough for me to share this like, but a moment that genuinely um, made me happy as a football fan uh, somebody who loves football um he sent me a photo um, on Snapchat of him crying and it was after um, Everton had beaten Liverpool at Anfield and that's the first time Everton had beaten Anfield in his lifetime. He was 23 years of age and mm-hmm. that was the first time that Everton had beat Liverpool at Anfield. Mm-hmm. I, to me, that was like, wow, that's, you know, that's, real, that's real passion. That's, that's real support for your football club. And I, I have a soft spot for Everton because of Mincy and I, be, I would be gutted gutted to see them go down and again I look at Everton squad I do think there's worse squads in that sort of bracket of Premier League teams there I do think there's worse squads um, I think Leeds are worse than Everton um, Bournemouth are definitely worse than Everton Southampton's definitely worse than Everton uh, man to man I do think Forest are worse than Everton um, but they really need to get their shit together and they need to start winning games fast if they do win that Anfield, uh, that Merseyside derby in two weeks' time, that could be a massive turning point for them. Yeah, Even yeah. just for the confidence of yeah. the club. Like, I'd hate to see Everton going down, but just realistically thinking, I can't see them staying up. Mm. Look, this was a squad that survived by the skin of their teeth last year, yeah, and they didn't. Not, they haven't just not improved in the summer. They've got worse. worse. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the problem, and that's the concern with Everton now. Is yeah. they barely survived last year, and they proceeded to combat that by getting worse. Mm-hmm. Well, here's hoping in the last few hours of the window, maybe they get some sort of striker situation sorted. Maybe, maybe so. they bring a couple of players in. So here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yeah. All right, lads, I want your predictions then for the rest of the season. We're, this is the first time we're doing this, so we're going to be doing our, our mid-season predictions. So I'm going to just go round the table and I'm going to ask you um, who you think is going to do this or who's going to do that. So I'll start with the winners of the Premier League first. Oren, who's going to win the Premier League this year? Look, I'm an optimist. And I am an optimist, and we've been talking about it, and I've been saying Manchester United is going to win the Premier League. They're not going to win the Premier League. I think Manchester City is going to win the Premier League. Really? Yeah. Ooh, you're going to take City? I am. Okay. I just think City, I think City could well go on to a run of form where they don't lose in our Premier League game. Okay. Okay. Connor? Yeah, I'm going to go for Arsenal. I think uh, they've been playing unbelievable football, and I think they're going to beat City, I guess, in a few weeks' time at home. I think they're just gonna. They're just been. They're so confident at the minute, and I just can't see them being stopped. I'm gonna go Arsenal. Oh, I I'm also gonna go Arsenal, and the reason I'm gonna go Arsenal is because of the result against Manchester United is what made me think that this team is a serious team about winning titles. 
Arsenal teams in the past would have drew that game to all or probably would have lost it three two themselves for a stupid mistake given gifting United a go, but not just by beating United. The performance over at the ti- uh, still are a title rival sh- showed me that Arsenal could win this Premier League and I think Arsenal will go on to win the league. Yeah, I'm going to take Arsenal as well. I just think of the stage of the season. I don't think there's anybody better than them, to be honest. And like you say, Connor, they are so confident and they're they really believe in that style of football yeah. that that they play. So I am I'm, I'm going and to start with Arsenal. Their home form is unbelievable. I don't think they'll yeah. lose at home this year, to be honest. It's so crazy. It's going to be good. Crazy. Uh, or the remainder of your top four then. So you've gone Manchester City. So who finishes inside the top four? Arsenal second, Man United third, and Newcastle fourth. Connor, your top four? Uh, go Arsenal, City, Man City, Manchester United, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Tottenham. I think they'll sneak in over Newcastle. I think we've said about this before. Just a run of form. Newcastle are in a few good, too many draws, and I think Tottenham will improve in mm-hmm. the second half of the season. I know it could definitely blow up in my face if Conte leaves or something, but yep. I think they do have a good chance. And I think they're only three points behind. I know Newcastle have given hand, but they have a good chance. I think Tottenham will get in there. Fair enough. Owen, top four? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go City, Newcastle and Tottenham. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I just want to see the faces. No, uh, City, <laughs> United, City, United, Newcastle is my top four. Fair enough. Fair enough. I am going to go uh, City, I'm going to go Man United second, uh, City third and Spurs fourth. I think United's going to finish ahead of City this season, you know. City have just got worse after this transfer yeah. window. So <laughs> I think United's better than City, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, European places then, Oren. Who's finishing in those Europa League and Conference League places? So that is 5th, 6th and 7th. Um, Spurs, definitely, um, are going to get European football. Um, so you're saying Spurs 5th? Yeah, yeah, I'd say Spurs 5th. Brighton 6th. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be between Liverpool and Chelsea to finish seventh. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say Liverpool. So Spurs. No, do you know what? I'm going to say Chelsea. Fuck Liverpool. Going to say Chelsea. <laughs> so Spurs fifth, Brighton sixth, and Chelsea. Who am I missing out? Seventh. What is fifth, sixth, and seventh? Fifth, sixth, and seventh at the minute is Spurs, Brighton, and Fulham. Yeah, no, I'm going to go oh, Chelsea. That's... I'm going to go Chelsea. Finish seventh. Connor, European places. So fifth, Newcastle. You know I love an underdog base, but I'm gonna go. For, I'm gonna go <laughs> in sixth. I'm gonna go Liverpool. I think they're gonna get players back. I know they're dreadful in midfield, but they're gonna get players like Diaz back and Yata, players like that, and they they're gonna come sixth and then seventh. See, Chelsea have made so many signings, but it is gonna be difficult for them. I'm gonna go Brighton. They're just playing Brighton. such good football, and then I think that's a just about get over Chelsea. I think Chelsea will take time to get the players in and you don't know what will happen with Potter. If he goes through a bad phase of results, he could be sacked. So I'll go Brighton 7th. Owen, European places? I'm going to go Brighton 5th, mm-hmm. uh, Tottenham 6th and 7th will be Liverpool. Okay, fair enough. I am going to go uh, Newcastle in 5th. Uh, I'm going to have Brighton in 6th and I am going to have Brantford Seventh, I think Brentford's going to get European football. Uh, all right, then I want your relegation, <coughs> your three to get relegated. Don't need them in order, just the, the three teams that are going to be relegated. Uh, Bournemouth, Southampton. And even though I bigged up Leicester a wee bit, then it really will depend on James Madison's form. Probably Leicester. Okay. 
Connor. Yeah, I'm going to go Southampton, Bournemouth, and I don't. I'll go Nottingham Forest. You're I think they've had, they've had a good they've had a good run of results, but I think I could just dip down, dip down. So I'm just going to go Forest. Fair enough. I won. I'm going to go South Southampton, Leicester, and Everton. Southampton, Leicester, Everton. Okay, I am going to go for Southampton, Bournemouth, and Leeds. Uh, young player of the year, Bakayo Saka. Easy choice, really. Easy choice. It? One of the best wingers in world football. Easy. Connor. Yeah, Saka. He's been monumental. Monumental for mm-hmm. Arsenal. Goals, assists, just creates so much, and can just like just go to any player he wants. Yeah. Just such a good player. Yeah, it has to be, has to be has Saka. To be Saka. Like, yeah. I was trying to think of somebody else to be different, but I was like, no, nah, it's got to be Saka. Yeah, look, I think Saka, it, it sort of has to be as well. I do think there are a few honourable mentions in there, though. I think Saliba's been absolutely excellent yeah. this, this season as well. Um, Even your wife Ferguson from Brighton. Uh, I know he hasn't played as many played games, as many but, games but if, if he has a good six months here, you know, yeah. he mm-hmm. could be in with the might, shout. Might have been robbed by those six months, but... Yeah. We'll get into that. Exactly. Mornelli, Mornelli's been good as well. Yeah. yeah, dipped a bit maybe, but he's been a good mm-hmm. player as well. But but has definitely at least looked like a looked like a good player. Yeah. Um, player of the year then, Orn. So you went for Man City winning the title. Yeah, Erling Haaland. You're gonna go Haaland. Yeah, most goals in Premier League history to score. So yeah, it has to be Erling Haaland. Definitely, I agree. Even though Arsenal won the league, I think Haaland will get it just over Odegaard. I think. He could score 40 goals if he's this fit, at least. Yeah. So I'm going to go Holland. Yeah. I'm going to go Saka to do the double. Oh, really? Player of the year on Young Player of the Year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I went for Arsenal to win, so I'm going to go Erdegaard. I think Erdegaard's just been on a, on a different level this season. I think he is by far, um, well, this season at least, um, he has been by far the, the most creative midfielder um, within the league. And I think that's what every, what every top side that wants to dominate the ball needs now is a creator. Yeah, and an, an elite level creator, and I, I, you can't look past <laughs> all the top teams have it. Like. Exactly, you can't look, look the past top teams top like the that. Yeah. You know, um, and manager of the year then, Warren. Um, Eddie Howe. Uh, I think it would have been easy to go for Michael Arteta. If, well, I don't think Arsenal was going to win the league, but it would have been easy to go for whoever won the league. So it would have been easy to go for Pep Guardiola. But Eddie Howe, I think he's going to get Champions League football, um, and he's just done a phenomenal job with Newcastle. Fair enough, fair enough. Connor? Yeah, I'm going to go Arteta because he's going to win the league, but how's a good shout? Because even if he gets Europa League football, that's some achievement for Newcastle yeah, this yeah. season. So, But I think Arteta, because what he's done for Arsenal, I didn't even think to get top four this year, Champions League football. So to Absolutely. win the league is just crazy. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go Arteta as well. Even if Arsenal don't win the league, I still think Michael Arteta has been the best manager. Like most pundits at Arsenal outside the top four a long way outside the top four so even if he doesn't take it home I still think Arteta has been the best manager yeah. in Premier League this season fair enough I'm going to go Jurgen Klopp um, <laughs> not <laughs> uh, for taking Liverpool all the way uh, up to ninth wow just what a team what a manager <laughs> what a group of players um, world class every single one of them <laughs> absolutely crazy crazy good crazy set of fans um Wow, what a team. Uh, no, obviously not. Uh, that was sarcastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think it has to be Arteta. I think if Arteta wins the league with Arsenal, um, it's just such a such a massive achievement from, from where they were the previous season before uh, to where they are now. Comfortably going to make the Champions League. Should see out the league from here if they can get a, a positive result against City in at least one yeah. of the games. Um 
they're in the driver's seat and he has revolutionised the way they play football. Great recruitment. And I'm going to go meet Gellerteta. So, on to the guest player section then, Orn. Mid-season team of the season? No. I will leave that. Maybe leave that. Okay. Save that for the TikTok, that one. Okay. Okay, moving on to guest the player. Obviously, we've got McArdle back um, today. The boys didn't do so well yesterday with the, the guest the player. Only one correct answer, two forfeits. Um, it was a bit difficult. I, I put the questions to Owen earlier as well, and he was very much the same. He got none of them right. Um, so hopefully you are doing better at home than the lads are doing here in the studio. These ones are a bit more easy. Um <laughs> because of the demand of the fellas in the room not because of the ones at home who am I? I wore number 7 for Portugal for the last 20 years <laughs> ok so number 1 and people at home let me know how you get on so the current scores is 2 for Connor Dorman 2 for Connor Richards and 0 for Mr Owen McYardle number 1 I am a World Cup winner I was named in the UEFA Team of the Year in 2003, 2004, 2006, 2016 and 2017. I have made 961 appearances in my club career. Gianluigi Buffon. Gianluigi Buffon. What a shout that is straight away. I'm going to give the rest of the clues but it's 3 2 Zero. Now, Mr. Conor Richards taking the lead. So it was, I'm um, still playing professional football in my native country. I played with Edgar Dalvich, Ciro Mobley, Mario Lamina and Juan Bernat. My career started at the club that I'm playing at now. I have had two spells at my most successful club where I won 10 league titles. And uh, that included a move to France in the middle of my career. So yes, Gianluigi, boof on. Well done, Conor Richards. Okay, number two. I am a striker. With 367 club goals and 73 assists in 629 appearances. I won the Copa America with my country in 2011. I have played alongside Thiago Silva, Danny Alves, Gabriel Polista, and Alex Tales. Addison Cavani. Edinson Kilani. Is that who you were going to say, Dorman? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's 4 2 0 now. <laughs> Connor Richards one. coming in with the two quick fires. Uh, the last two clues in that one would have been I've won 21 trophies during a seven year spell at one of the biggest clubs in recent football history before making a transfer in 2020. And I became a cult hero at Manchester United where he broke the number seven curse, according to the fans. Okay, number three, the final one of Guess the Player for this episode. I am a World Cup and Champions League winner, among multiple other honours. I have played alongside, alongside Glenn Kamara, Mark Gway, Patrice Evra and Divock Origi. I have scored 247 goals for clubs in Italy, England and France, including four goals in this year's Champions League. Any takers? No. I have accumulated thirty-four million pound in transfer fees, including a controversial seventeen million pound transfer to my Premier League club's crosstown rivals. Er, Connor Richards. Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud. A hat trick for Mister Richards today. 
Three in a row. Dorman falling behind. Now five, two down. Yeah, He's enough. still going to talk about the Bulger incidents in episode one. McCardle yet to get off the mark. The final... Your fucking favourite player too. I know, your favourite player. <laughs> the final clue would have gave it away for everybody. It would be um, the all-time top goal scorer for my country. Why did he play for Glenn Kamara? Glenn Kamara. He played with Glenn Kamara at... Was it Montpellier? Was it, which, which club was it? No, Arsenal. Played with Glenn Kamara at Arsenal. The minute you said Crosstown Rival, I was like, yeah, that's true. Because yeah. like, as soon as you said Glenn Kamara, I was like, as soon as I... The first thing I thought, yeah, there's nobody who ever played for Rangers who won a World Cup recently. <laughs> that's <laughs> all I can think of. No, Glenn Kamara he played with at Arsenal. Um, obviously, he was in the... In the you set up and broke into the first team at that's Arsenal. Right. Um, and then he played with Mark Way at Chelsea. Yeah, very good. And the go. Um, so Connor's in to first place. The scoreboard is now five two zero. Boys, you just need to pick it up in the next yeah, few weeks. The only way I can come back is if I, if I can go on your computer and look at the search history. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty of opportunity. Plenty of opportunity. It's going to be three every week. We had a lucky six this week. So let's see. Let's see how it gets on. Plenty, plenty, plenty more to come before the end of this season. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this episode folks thank you so much for listening and we, we hope you enjoyed our, our mid-season review um, yeah we really just tried to break down the teams and, and give as much in-depth analysis in, in, into those teams as we possibly could so like I said we, we, we hope you enjoyed that content please give us a follow on all of our um, social media platforms that is uh, Twitter, Instagram and our newly created TikTok account as well. It's at Bottom Bins Pod for, for, for all of them there. Um, and yeah, look, we just hope you've been enjoying the content. Um, jump on, find us on the Parlay Sports app, uh, P-R-L-Y Sports on the Apple App Store. Get that downloaded. Get having a few football conversations with us. And as always, keep it Bottom Bins. Keep it Bottom Bins. Keep it Bottom Bins.